Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the broadcast podcast. We took a little, you know, summer summer yeah, break, but we're back break. in full swing now. How are you, Kim? I'm really good. I'm so excited to be back in the studio. I am too. I really yeah. missed it. I missed it a lot. And every like week we were doing it. I know. I would drive by Sorgatron Media and be like, oh, you guys hello. You're just sort of waving at them. I, know, I miss you. So, <laughs> yes, I'm really excited to be here. I'm not only excited about that, but I'm excited because we have so many great guests on the lineup coming oh up. And um, it's just, it feels like the perfect time, you know, the the November 6th elections coming up. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of energy. We, you know, we're back talking to women about what yeah. women are up to and how they're relating to the world around them. So I'm really excited. But before we get started, I just want to kind of do a little housekeeping. Do it, girl. Yes. So you can follow us on the Broadcast Podcast at Twitter at Broadcast PGH, on Facebook at the Broadcast underscore PGH, and Instagram at the Broadcast underscore PGH. And our website is broadcast-podcast.com. And we just want to give a good shout out to our Patreons, Teresa Kaufman, Bobby Cherry. He loves how you say his name. Right? I love Bobby. Bobby. He's the cutest. <laughs> and Mary McKinney Flaherty, one of our newest Patreons. Yes. Very generous. Patrons. Very yes. generous. Yeah. Generous indeed uh, for being among our supporters. And if you'd like to join them, and we'd love it if you did, uh, support us. Visit the page and join other pat- patrons at the patreon.com slash broadcast PGH. And if you'd like to sponsor us or otherwise partner with the show, we, of course, would love to talk to you. So drop us a line at broadcastpgh at gmail.com. And can we actually have like a real live sponsor this now? This is very exciting. I know. And I'm really glad because this is someone who I've sort of known in Pittsburgh business circles and startup community for a while and reached out and was he was on board right away. Oh. So today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Charon Law Offices located in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh. Steve Charon and his team work with startup companies offering a full range of legal services. No matter what stage your startup is in, the team at Charon Law Offices can help you from structuring, developing stock option plans, assisting with fundraising arrangements, all the stuff that startups have to do that maybe they don't even know they have to do. You don't even think about it. Yes. Charon Law Offices can guide you through the process. For more information, email steve at charonlawoffices.com or call 412-880-5633. You can visit their website at charonlawoffices.com. Sharon Law Offices, from startup to exit and everything in between. That was really good. Thank you. Thanks for I mean, really. I hope Steve likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to love it. All right, good. Um, but so without further ado, because that was a lot yeah. ado. A lot do. of do to do. So now we're done. <laughs> uh, we are so excited to have our first guest back from our break, Shonda McDill, yeah. who used to be, as I knew her, Shonda Miles, but she has recently gotten married and moved back to Pittsburgh and now is working at the Heinz Endowment and is a cultural producer, not only at the endowments, but has a lot of other amazing projects. I met Shonda a few years ago when I started the Post-Gazette and I have to say, we just like clicked right away and yeah. I love a woman with vision. Because yeah, you don't click with many people. So I don't. It's hard, hard to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But but you know when you like click with a capital yes, C, absolutely. it's like different yep. and we've just... Oh, yeah, I just yeah. love her so much. Yeah. And she's we're like so a, excited to have her here. She's like that classic Pittsburgh boomerang, right? Yeah. Been here, went away for a while, came back. Mm-hmm. And we are getting like the first like crack at her. Like, so I know. Like what's how things are since she's been back. So, I know. so we're so happy exciting. you're here. I'm really happy to be here as well. <laughs> Isn't it crazy hearing yourself? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to adjust. It's, it's lovely. So tell us a little bit about your journey. So you you were in Pittsburgh for a while. You have your own theater production company as yes. well, Damascus. Damascus. Mm-hmm. And um, you were producing some incredible work. And then you moved to New York for a while. I did. So what's what's been going on? Tell us a little bit about what's been happening. Um, I, I 
Well, one, I think it's important to say that I moved to New York, I, I think, to rediscover myself. Mm-hmm. I think you have these moments where you need to just, like, stop, right? And mm-hmm. so, so many things were going on. I loved being at the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust. I was there as their director of PR for a few years. And I was just like, you know, where am I now? There were personal things. And so I went home uh, for nine months to live on Long Island. I worked in Brooklyn at a PR firm and had the opportunity to really get involved there in the art scene and also prove to myself that my success in Pittsburgh wasn't just Pittsburgh's success. Mm. Interesting. And yeah. so to be able to get placements in the New York Times and Al Jazeera and work with companies like the Pearl and the Play Company and um, Brick Media in, in Brooklyn, wow. like I felt like, oh, okay, I can actually do this work. And if I can do it even at home in New York, I can. it's not just, you know, this thing that, that happened in a silo. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, th- that's one thing that I needed for myself. And so then um, ended up coming back here and um, working at the Heinz Endowments and really happy that I landed there. Um, I think they're really lucky to have you there. Thank Absolutely. you. I'm really excited to hear some of the things that you're working on in the Heinz Endowments. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your role and some of the things that you've been spearheading? Yes. So I am a program officer there for arts and culture. And I manage the Small Arts Initiative. Um, Annually, the fund distributes about $500,000 to small, mid-sized arts organizations um, and anywhere from $1,000 to $20,000 twice a year. We encourage people to apply, and so we support um, project, program-based support, anything that kind of advances the work and career of artists, uh, either artist collaboratives or um, organizations. Um, I also work um, on a suite of operating support grants, and so I have some um, large-scale institutions in Pittsburgh and also small organizations that I work with them to um, work through whatever it is that they are taking on through the life cycle that they're experiencing and um, manage those portfolios as well. Um, And then I also partner with Celeste Smith at the Pittsburgh Foundation to manage Advancing Black Arts in Pittsburgh. And annually, we also distribute about maybe $800,000 to um, people of African descent and also people who curate work that comes from the diaspora or really helps to further black art in the city. So. When you, in the pre-show before we get started, you were talking about how you have a background as an artist. And so... Mm -hmm. That, I imagine, informs the way you approach your job. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what it's like being having that artist background, artist perspective, and now being sort of on the other side of the, I don't want to say other side as if they're in opposition, but having a different perspective in a role where you're, you know, going to be able to help other artists. So it has that perspective, how has that informed the work that you're doing at the Hines Foundation? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a, a bit like the Wizard of Oz, right? Because when you're an artist, you're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know, like philanthropy, the world of fun, you know. It's so intimidating. It is right? very yeah. intimidating. And you know that you have very real needs, but you kind of don't know where's the entry point. If you're lucky enough to kind of be in a circle of other people who know how to access or get funded, or you have great program managers. Um, at the time, Jermaine Williams and Justin Lang were program officers who actually were paying attention to what was happening. And they may actually mm-hmm. say, you know, you can get funding to do that. And so that's always a gift if you have people yeah. in philanthropy who actually extend themselves yeah. to you. But um, so being an artist, one, I feel like I have a really good understanding of the need. I have a very good understanding of what it takes to get things done. Um, and the challenges, you know, particularly as a, a, a small arts organization led by a woman of color, there were actually a few reports, the unsung majority, the mm-hmm. Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council also produced um 
a funding inequities study that talked about the historic underfunding of certain um, small, mid-sized, or culturally specific organizations. And so I pretty much have all those challenges wrapped up in one. So I was actually the perfect kind of example of organization and why it's so difficult. So whatever it is in terms of just continuing relationships, making sure I'm reaching out, making sure I'm not expecting people to come to the right, Heinz yeah, Endowments, yeah. that I'm actually in community, mm-hmm. that I'm visiting and seeing the work, that if I have a question, I pick up the phone and say, mm-hmm. well, you said this. Is that what you meant? Can you clarify? I mean, I think it's just building the relationship and understanding how important that is because even taking the time out of your day when you're trying to run an organization to call or go to this tower that is already intimidating doesn't quite work out. So you need the other end, um, the people in the field coming to you sometimes. Yeah, so so what are some projects that you're hoping to focus on or the types of work that you're hoping that you can do through the Heinz Endowments? Um, I'm really excited about um, working to create a pipeline for artists mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. I feel like a lot of people leave, talk, you know, in terms of the boomerang effect because they don't feel like they have the ability to actually be an established artist. We're often focused on emerging artists in the arts, but we have mm-hmm. so many yeah. artists here who continue to do the work yeah. day in and day out. So how do we get people, how do we move students from Kappa to a career? Right. How do we move artists who are in community who don't even define themselves as artists, but they are constantly practicing that work to realize that they're artists, realize they should be funded and can be funded for the work and supported and then get them to realize that they actually can have a career. How do we open up some of the unions and navigate the cultures that exist so that we can have more people who are from diverse backgrounds as master electricians and costume mm-hmm. designers and right they, these are careers but people don't understand they can actually build a cultural career and um, even right now I coming from my background and my family I, I feel as though in my upbringing it is a privilege it is still unfortunately a privilege to mm-hmm. still be in the arts at my age mm-hmm. yeah well, we've gotten away from that right in, yeah. in education we sort of devalued there's any art programs in schools. Right. In, that is insane to me. And even just like um, liberal arts education mm-hmm. is seen as, you know, a luxury is something that it's nice yeah. if you can afford it. But really, mm-hmm. you got to figure out how, what exactly. your job's going to be. How do we talk, have those conversations with children? You know, because I, they're the ones that are going to have this enthusiasm and excitement. How do we kind of like get, don't discourage kids from pursuing that if that's what they're, music or art or, you know, something in those, in those arenas. And, you know, a lot of artists that I know, you do your art when you have time and right. then you have your nine to five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to figure in, you know, figure out where you can fit in time to do your art. So is there a way we can like better support people as they're emerging, as they're coming up to ha- not have that attitude? That it's, it has to be an either or, or you have to figure out a way to support your art, you know, your art's your side gig. Yeah make art your main gig. Like, I how think, do we have those conversations? I think part of the problem, though, is we've really devalued art as a culture, really right? Have. I mean, if you want to buy a print of, you know, a Warhol that mm-hmm. you said, not that you're, every, anybody's buying a Warhol, but you know what I mean? If you can easily get knockoffs of any kind of art that you want on any website mm-hmm. for $15, you know, you, you can, you go to different uh, craft festivals, right? The, those those people are all doing right, work right. and they might be $80 for a vase. And right. then you go to a large department store and they're knocking off that design for $25. Right, right. And, and I think when people don't have money to spend, the last thing they're going to invest in Absolutely. is art. Yeah. And so you have this problem where the economy isn't great for a lot of people. So yeah. they're not bringing home a lot. 
the cost of living is going up. Yeah. But then you have this this um, we all need to create and be more artistic support and local support businesses. And, yeah, and know? and I don't think people don't want to. It's just I don't think that they can. So. I How do you deal with that juxtaposition? I think it's so it's so layered, and yeah. I know like we only have a limited time. But what I will say is, there's three things when you were talking. I, I, sometimes I don't buy into people don't have it because when I okay. look at the Beyonce Jay Z on the run tour okay. tickets, right? That's yeah. fair. And how much money mm-hmm. it costs. Yeah. When I look at the new LeBron 16s, which if mm-hmm. I had the money, mm-hmm. I would grab them. Mm-hmm. All three black women design. Like mm-hmm. I, people spend money. That's and fair. the black community has always supported. I can only I'm speaking, you know, in terms of the context I have. Sure. I feel like people sure. spend. I agree there are systemic social economic issues mm-hmm. that have helped to keep people oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. That is not, I'm not questioning that. But I do think that when people really want mm-hmm. to do something that they feel they are included in. Right, 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 right. Uh, that's something that. that's speaking to them. But I think historically people have not found them. You, we've defined high art, mm-hmm. low art. Right. We've kind of put people in different places positions right. we have not honored that a pointed toe in ballet is the same as maybe a, a different type of footing in indian traditional indian mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. and so we've we've elevated certain aspects of culture and art that then became exclusive to certain groups of people and so mm, then they really don't participate point. in the economy of that particular section right. of culture yeah. and i think that's so it's i think it's multiple things i think it's what you said in terms of having discretionary funding i think it's also um, funds and i think it's also a part of being included and i think it's um i don't know i think it's also parents not trying to dictate or people or society trying to dictate how people should live out their purpose Mm. and i and i say that because people laughed at me i went to undergrad at dartmouth and my friends would be like what classes are you taking and i took what resonated with me but a lot of them came knowing i'm going to be a lawyer i'm going to be a doctor i'm going to be this and so my friends were like shonda you're crazy you just kind of like and i'm like isn't the purpose to find myself isn't the purpose to figure out and i thank god that i had a mother who's an entrepreneur she never Mm -hmm. worked for anyone my entire life she had an after school social service organization and so i taking risk living in the in-between living mm-hmm. the consequences yeah. of that risk when you don't have health care and all the mm-hmm. work was something that I grew up with so I yeah. wasn't worried maybe about some of the traditional things that people in a capitalistic society were worried about mm-hmm. although I was concerned mm-hmm. um, I will I will end this by saying that I remember my my dean at Yale School of Drama I went there for theater management was Ben Mordecai he produced Flower Drum Song sure. on Broadway sure. he produced mm-hmm. a lot of August Wilson's work wow. um, and he said to me in his office in Manhattan Shonda what are you going to do after grad school how are you going to earn a living and I said you know I'm not going to earn a living I'm going to design my life and he was like kind of mad at me <laughs> you know like Shonda you don't get it you're going to have to figure out a way hmm. thankfully I feel like I figured out a way how to build a career in the arts while also producing the work I want as an artist mm. yeah I love that you said that design my life yeah I don't think we think about it like that at all I do I do think you're right I think most people you know for various reasons kind of take the path you know most walked and and the people that don't are always sort of criticized or ostracized but they're the ones I think that make the changes and and really bring things into the forefront and and having all of those experiences that you've had leading you to a place like the Heinz Endowments that I think can really benefit from from your trajectory you know how do you hope to uh, raise the bar in terms of bringing accessibility from artists into the endowments because you were talking a little bit about that and and about outreach but what is it going to take to to really walk that walk do you think oh my 
I, I mean, Deep we wrestle with this, yes, because... Um, oh, yeah, there's no easy no, no answer. Easy We're not answer. expecting you to just, just solve it. figure it out right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although you probably could, <laughs> knowing you. No, and you probably will. Listen, I, I hope to, like, contribute to moving the needle. That's right. right. Yeah. That's it's right. a whole ecosystem, and you guys are doing that with this broadcast, and so it's all, all of us working together, obviously. But I... um. We are working to, Celeste and I are working to redesign, the, for instance, the um, Advancing Black Art in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. program. And there's things we can't release yet just because sure. we haven't fully designed it and, and we can't put it out in community. But I will say some of the things that I think are important are truly thinking and planning in the context of generations to come, mm-hmm. not necessarily beginning with our own immediate needs. So... Yes, my program and what I need to get done is important and it should be funded, but how does that fit in the context of an entire ecology? Right. Right. So I think shifting to kind of understand how everything impacts everything else. The long term. Right. So I may not get this grant this time, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get it, but someone else did. And it's all a part of this evolving ecosystem that has to come to be. Um, elevated and lifted up so that we can all continue to participate in it and um, and, and we are already and, and needs to be supported. The other part I think is literally we're in philanthropy is shifting money to where it needs to be, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we have a pie and it's, it's this big mm-hmm. and these, um, this amount is already directed towards some, some funding in these areas. And so what do we have to actually move the needle? And I think right now our, our president and CEO, Grant Oliphant, is asking us to really think about what are your top priorities, given some of the, the aspirational vision of a just Pittsburgh, given the new strategies and strategic areas at Heinz and learning, sustainability, and creativity, and, and figure out if you have that money, this number of millions of dollars over the next five years, what change do you want to see in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think if we work from that point backwards, there will actually be an advancement of art or a change in the ecology. So what is that change you want to see? What I want to see, um, I really want to see more art in society. I don't mm-hmm. want artists to feel like they are social workers or they are um, psychologists where they're, they're mm-hmm. not responsible for that, but I do want to see. So you're then that's to the point of, People saying, you know, turbulent times make for great art and putting the onus exactly. on the artist to make this some great art while we're in this very turbulent mm-hmm. and uncertain right. time. That, that that's that, I know that's been a big bone of contention among a lot of in the arts community that why right. should it be on artists and why do they have to suffer so right. you know greatly in order to produce great art? They can produce great art without these negative stimulus. Exactly. We should be encouraging that too. I mean I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, I love that's what something you're I've really been thinking about a lot. Right. I've seen that a lot that's that oh point. this is this is gonna produce great art for but why does that have no, to be the case? Right. Yeah. They've always tortured think, artists. Exactly. Right. Yes. Enough of that. Right? Yeah. Amen. Hello. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, and, and even that sometimes is like, I don't know. I look at these like pictures and stories of artists who really came from really wealthy families and they chose poverty, yeah. right, right? To find their art. And it's like, okay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, again, that, even that whole thing <laughs> is like, yeah. very absurd and confusing to me. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not judging if you felt the need to get away from privilege to to find your own voice. Sure. That's one thing. But that's not the same thing as a struggling artist. Yes. Right? right. Or someone who really doesn't have access and means. Exactly. And they're using the leftovers from shops in Pittsburgh right. to create their work yes. with whatever they throw away. Like that, it's We romanticize thing. that struggle as, a, as something do. to aspire mm-hmm. to. And it's like, if you're in the struggle, you do right. not want to be in the struggle. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to be in the struggle. I, I love where yeah. I grew up. I love the people. I go home, but I don't want to live there. 
right? right. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's you, just the reality. Yeah, you want to evolve forward, build, right? So, um, so I want to see, um, I want to see more stable organizations. Mm-hmm. And when I say stable, I mean a, a system and a network where people are bored members of not just large-scale organizations, but small, mid-sized organizations. I want to see the culturally specific work that is sometimes being done in community and invisible, elevated and respected at the same level as some of our traditional art forms. Mm -hmm. I want to see um, people developing careers and not leaving Pittsburgh to go to other cities because they feel like they can't remain here Um, and, and, and prosper and have the support that they need in community to develop and continue their practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see um, back to art and society. I really got into art for the f- feeling as though art can change the course of yes. our lives. And so because of that, I want to see and support artists who go into prisons like One Hood, who go into Schumann mm-hmm. and work mm-hmm. with students and go into places and actually transform the lives because it changed my life. Right? Mm-hmm. So if it changed my life, then I believe that it can change the lives of other people and catapult them toward their own purpose. Not a certain level of economic success mm-hmm. or stature or position, but towards their own individual purpose, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you're working on, your personal projects right now. Can you talk, yes. tell us anything about it? I'll say a little, uh, okay. a, a little bit. Um, oh gosh, this is so tricky because you never know how much to say, but I will say Amanda <laughs> Lewis, uh-huh. uh, Trower, Amanda Van Story Lewis is actually her stage name. She is um, interested in developing classical music and opera, but from a uh, with a different spin. Mm-hmm. And so she has pulled in some great partners, and hopefully we can announce that soon. And I'm helping her to just produce that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really excited about that um, for many reasons. One, because people often don't know that there were black women like Shirley Verrett who were singing in Italian and opera and touring and playing male roles. And wow. so you find like, oh, it's really difficult, right, um, to find people of color. Ugh. People of color are not interested in classical How music. tired are you of hearing oh, that? I can't find any black folks. I, I can't, can't find, find any, any black like people. His, it was like the binder full of women <laughs> yeah, exactly. kind of comments. It's right. like, really? Right. I mean, right. it's not looking. Because you look to your left and your right and you right. didn't, you know, bother beyond that. Yeah. People are like, well, no, we're here. Yeah. Right. But you We've don't been see here. me. Right, right, right. Um, or you don't trust me. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, so that is a project. Um, there's also another young woman in Pittsburgh, Dominique Briggs. She's mm-hmm. been an actress in many of um, in New Horizons Theater and Pittsburgh Playwrights, and she's doing a musical um, based on a book that she wrote for her daughter. And um, so it's basically um, Rhea, the detective in the case of the missing Mrs. Barrington, and it's all about this young girl who goes to daycare and it turns into her office, her detective oh. agency, and they're finding this bear. And so we're trying to turn That's that really into a musical um, that really addresses you know, being beautiful, being brown, right? Mm-hmm. The bear's brown. Dealing with all those things, but not in a way that's heavy and in a way that children can digest it and find themselves in it. Yeah. And so I, I'm really excited about that. Um, and then also working at, um, I just got news that California University um, is going to commission me to write this piece about Jenny Carter, who was the first black woman to attend and graduate from school there. She was an ex- amazing elocutionist and amazing woman and um, and so hopefully that will turn into a, a one-woman That's one thrilling. Yeah. So would you, are you, do you also act or is your role more offset? I want to get back into it. That's where I began. Oh, but okay. the reality was like, I was tired of doing like 
the white devil and being the nurse, right? That's actually mm-hmm. a play. That's not me saying yeah. that's a play. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, you know, just the, the, the work that where I had to be an exotic, a conjurer, it's a nurse. The magical black right. person. I was, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> the magical yes. black person. Right. The maid who like takes the, transforms the young white girl's yeah. life. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, this, I, so I had a problem with that very early on, early on. And I was like, okay, well. Who? Understandable. Yeah. All right. I'm like, well, who, who has the right to create that? Oh, a playwright. And maybe that's why I found myself in different roles. Mm-hmm. Like I have to create the, the narrative. So I have to write the play. I have yeah. to produce it because right. nobody else is. I have to. Right. And so I think that's what a, a lot of leaders that we've talked to, yeah. you know, different women, it's like, okay, and, and ourselves included, I think you kind of get to the point where you're like, oh, they just don't want me at right. the table. <laughs> right. right. Like, here I am trying to pull up right. a chair. I'm exactly. like, hey, guys, I'm here. Right. And they keep moving me yeah. out, you know, well, pushing and, the table and away. And finally, yeah. you realize, you go, oh, I guess I just have to like start my own table. Right. And all these people can be there. Whoever right. wants to be. Exactly. But there's this sense, I think, of, Women have kind of, and I can't speak for all of us, obviously, but the ones that I get to interact with and meet, it seems like they've all kind of hit the limit. Right. Yes. And they're just sort of like, yeah. you know what? We're just going to do this ourselves. Right. And and I think we're seeing that, you know, really you're seeing it on a national scale too with more women running for office and more yeah. people of color running, running for office. And I think this idea of the leadership yeah. is what's going to change it. It has to change from the top down yeah. or it's really, it's, it's still going to change. It's just going to take a hell of a lot longer. And so- the idea of just saying, look, you know, I'll just start my own production yeah, company. Right. I'll produce work that yeah, no one else's podcast. Res- yeah, yeah ex- right. exactly. Right. And um, so I can really relate to that yeah. sentiment of just saying, we'll just do this ourselves. We'll just do it. Yeah. And right. I think as more of us decide to do that and take that more road less traveled, yeah. you know, that's where we're really going to see generational change. And my friend Quincy Swanson recently said something to me, and it really resonated with me because he was saying, um, you know, I'm planting seeds knowing very well I'm not going to sit under the shade of that tree, but maybe my son and my daughter and our grandchildren will. And so taking what you were saying, Sean, to the long long road here and really realizing that while we live in a world of instant gratification, these systemic problems are not going to be solved overnight. And it's going to take all of us doing our our part, but also recognizing that if we do plant enough seeds, some of these trees are going to shade, you know, the the kids in the future and protect them, you know? It also, is very no one, hard. Like, it's no really extremely hard. To, I feel like no woman talked to me about that transition in, in the sense of like when I was 20, 25, mm. I really did think I was going to change the world. Sure. Like, like uh, We all did. Like, I mean, no, and, yeah. And, and, and we have. Right. Yeah. Right? You have, Natalie. You have, Kim. Like we have. You have. But but there, were, there was. <laughs> but not the way you think you're no, going to. Right. right. <laughs> and no one's giving you an award for it yet. No. 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 Thank you so much. In fact, they're kind of not happy they're about it. Right. Like, Please be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know like, okay, that was cute. That was you on the head. Yeah. And so then there was like this thing, I don't know, that I'm going through like hitting 40. Like. You are not. I am. Stop I know a woman's not supposed to tell, but I'm... Well, I'm why like, shouldn't you? You look amazing. <laughs> Plus, they say 40 is like the year for wisdom, too. I feel like it may be. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And so then, like your own wisdom. Yes. And that's where you can grow to the seed planting phase, mm-hmm. right? So there's mm-hmm. a yeah. bit of a That's the phase where I was like, you know what? I am done. Yeah. <laughs> All of this. Kim's like, I'm over I it. I got it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The memo has been received. I will speak up in the meeting, yes. and then I'm leaving the meeting <laughs> and doing my own meeting. Right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was I'm really like, the turning point for me. I was like... I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> like I know what I need to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can definitely can relate to that. So what is coming up in the Pittsburgh art scene um, that people don't know enough about? Because I always feel like 
I hear about a lot of stuff and usually I, I right. read whatever Natalie writes. So I'm like, I need to know what's going on. But sometimes I hear about stuff after the fact. I'm like, oh, I wish I had known. Yeah. I would yeah. like to have participated or maybe yeah. helped or contributed. So what's something that's coming up maybe people should know about right. or that, you know, if people want to be involved in something? Because I think there's a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. that just flies so below the radar because oh people are working so hard on it, they don't have time to sort of toot their own horns. True. Right. There's so much, and because there's so many artists, I almost feel bad naming. I know, people. I know. But but I will kind of just start with what I, what I know is happening this week, right? And like kind yeah. of what's what is going on, I, large and small. Sure. So, um, well, one before I jump into that, I want to say part of the reason why sometimes things are over before we hear about them is because they don't have the funds to do them more than right. one night. Right. Yes. Right? Yeah. Or they can't put on Seriously. multiple yes. performances. Yeah. I know. Right? right. Or they try to do multiple performances in one day, which mm -hmm. may you know, somehow alter the quality because they can only, you know, they try have so much energy. energy. Yeah, totally. So it's like, that's just another thing that I want to point to, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And it tends to be small or mid-sized organizations um, or huge organizations like the trust and they do one night and then move on. And that's not yeah. a capacity and like, how do we them. How it's do we build that, that infrastructure? Because right? I think yeah. of like a play, you have your off-Broadway before right. you get to Broadway. You have that sort of testing ground. Right. And there isn't, doesn't seem to be, there's either, you're either City on theater or off. does it. Right. Yes. And that's kind of one of the few spaces right. in Pittsburgh that really the, can right. show new work like yeah. that. And thank goodness they have I a know. commitment to being inclusive. Yes. Right? I know. Because if they didn't. I know. That'd be right? even sadder. Right. right. And so I'm yeah. really excited. This goes to this question of leadership, though. I'm really excited about Mariah C. Oh, Kaminsky. my God. I was just thinking of her. We right? have to have her on the okay. show. You yeah. have to. Mm -hmm. Amazing woman. So tonight I'm going to see Texture Ballet at the New Hazlitt Theater. They are a ballet company. I have read. Have you read about yeah, them? I've heard yeah. about them, too. Yeah. So I'm going to see them. Um, I'm also going to Ma Rainey's Black Bomb tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Super oh, clear, I see. Yeah. I'm Vanessa bummed German. I can't see that because I love Vanessa. They did extend it to the 14th, I did think, they? of October. So okay. take a look. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, I we recently just so people should know, Denzel Washington has raised about five million dollars for the August Wilson How House. How amazing so is that? Who can say no to him? I seriously went to that ground that ground blessing. That's that amazing. Did. So I'm really just excited about what that means for writers and yeah. the future uh, of the 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 theater. This is what's so cool about Pittsburgh, though, is that there's just there there's so much going on so much. for yep. for the size of this city. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of learning how to access this information and finding out where everything is. It really is. And there is no one place. And I there really isn't. do give it to Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council. They were trying to launch mm -hmm. like, and have launched a calendar, but it still relies on us to all communicate. Yeah, exactly. And, again, and that's hard. It's hard. And if you're a small organization yeah. and you're trying to get it done, even if you're a large, like I know when I worked at the trust, they had an RSS feed. So you can just kind of stick the yep. RSS feed yeah. in and it goes. But if you don't have that type of technology or support, it's hard because you have to sit down as the sole person who's also directing, writing, doing whatever, yeah. creating the ensemble to then add your information. So anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that there's resources that you can visit, whether that's you know, I do think you should go to, you know, culturaldistrict.org. You mm -hmm. should go to Artsburg, to the mm -hmm. calendar, and try to see, you know, what's happening. Um, I'm trying to think where else. I mean, clearly, I know, you know, Post-Gazette. I think there's even a calendar that's online. There but, is, Right? Yeah. You can mm -hmm. go visit that. Yeah. So I think that trying to go to places like that or play, Visit Pittsburgh puts out, sometimes captures, but you will not get there some of the smaller community-based right, exactly. activities. Yeah, and yeah. for that, I would just say, you know, try to get connected. Try to talk to someone in community. Try to... Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the arts, I mean, in any of its form, whether it's dance or music, you know, 
going to a play, seeing mm-hmm. seeing somebody perform something live, you just feel so good right. or you feel moved or yes. something you definitely feel like shifts connection. inside of you. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, in times like this, it's really important to reconnect to our humanity. Yeah. And the yeah. arts has always been able to do that. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. To just yeah. to say, okay, we all come from different places, but we all feel these same yes. things, yeah. you yeah, know, and, and, and I think if you can leave feeling a little more connected to each other, it can help just in the greater scheme Absolutely. of the world. So Sean, I'm sort of my final kind of question as far as your job and your work is related. As an, if there's an artist in Pittsburgh, they have a body of work or they've mm-hmm. started producing a body of work. Mm-hmm. They want to get funding. They, what's, the, what's the starting point? Mm-hmm. Because I think that if you get over that first hurdle, right. sometimes that's the biggest hurdle, right? So, right? so I've got, I'm an artist. I have some work. I put it together. I know that I could do a really cool project if I had a little bit of money. Right. Or I see this grant that's available to artists and I fit the description. Right. What's the first thing to do? Like what's the, if you're going to go down that path, how do you get started? I mean, that's sort of a big monumental she just question. Took I know she did. <laughs> that's my symbol of yeah. you All guys right, buckle are, in, ladies. are really asking the right questions. Um, and it's also kind of this, the way that my mind thinks is um, kind of there's multiple, multiple answers. Um, the first thing I would do, it seems so simple, but I would make sure that I'm seeing the work of other people doing the work that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And look at their playbills. When yeah. I was an artist, I used to go and say, who is funding the type of work that I am, mm-hmm. want to do? Yeah. So if I went to Pittsburgh Playwrights Play, or if I went to see something that was um, you know, on the, the stage, even at the Benetton, I look at the sponsor note. Yeah. Who are the individuals? Mm-hmm. Who are the companies, the organizations, yeah. corporations that are interested in this type of work? Right. Yeah. So I guess my first answer is do a little research. Yeah. I think sometimes we feel like we have a need and it is immediate and we need to get it met. Yeah. But if we think long term about sustaining our art, we need to find people who are invested in what we want to do. Yeah. And that requires a little research. So that's number one. The second thing I would tell anybody is like, go to the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council. It is an advocate organization. Meet with Christiana Lee. She literally will give counsel in terms of what is available. And they kind of are the funnel for everything that's available. Yeah. And they even distribute distribute state dollars. So Pennsylvania Council on the Arts, they know about the Opportunity Fund. They have the LIFT grant. The Heinz Endowments provide some funding for some of the grants that they distribute. So mm-hmm. it's like go to the people who actually spend their lives wanting to help you yeah. to find the streams of income. The other thing I would say on a personal so you to be level, proactive. you do, yeah. is yeah. build your own network and go get a bank account. Because yeah. one, if you get a bank account, you do the incorporation, which for $35, you can have access at the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council to business volunteers for the arts, volunteer lawyers for the arts, people who are yeah. in community who will actually give you those services yeah. pro bono. Get a bank account, get your things in order. You don't have to become a 501c3. I think people think they always have to run and incorporate. Yeah. If you're an individual artist, you can get a fiscal sponsor, New Sun Rising, Boom Concepts, yeah. Yeah. Um, all these different organizations will be your fiscal city theater. They'll be fiscal sponsors for for artists or collaboratives. And then you can receive funds. Because I think that's part of the challenge too, is you want people to give you money. Am I giving you money? Am mm-hmm. I giving them the project money? Yeah. Um, but if you have that kind of reputable backing, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or even some people just like to see order yes, in place. Right, that you have a plan or you're thinking You have a plan. Exactly. Okay, and then you can start a GoFundMe page and the money's just, you can just do a, you know, post a video of yourself talking with some yeah. clips. And then, so you're, you are taking the power in your own hands. Mm-hmm. 
as well as seeking the people who may be able to support you in the long term. The final thing I will say is reach out, send an mm-hmm. email, yeah. right? If you know, I'm shondadhines.org. Oftentimes, like they're not hard to figure out. So when I was an artist and I didn't have people's emails, if I just saw one email, oh, yeah. I would be like, I will play with every rendition of this email. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> figure this out. Try to find that yeah. person. And so then you just ask for coffee or just go sit. Sometimes there's um, artists like um, and philanthropists or arts administrators like uh, Ann Mulgrave at GPEC has um, office hours in different communities. Mm-hmm. So you can just go to Arnold's Tea on a given Saturday and sit and ask questions. So, you know, some of these things I know, of course, because I'm inundated, I'm in the field. But I think one thing about Pittsburgh that's great is the word of mouth circuit. Yes. And so yeah. just try to find and be around. It goes back to the point that both of you have made and Natalie made about being human. Like relationships mm. are everything. everything. And if you're yep. so obsessed with what you want to do and produce, you're not willing to communicate exactly. with other people. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. I agree. Yep. Our can't exist in a vacuum. Mm-mm. Yep. And yeah. And for what purpose would it? Right. And on that note, wow. Oh. See? Could talk to you all day. I know. Seriously. So you're gonna come back? I would love to come. Of back. course. Yes. Great. Thanks so much. And if you, we always ask our guests after we uh, stop. Um, recording you know, to suggest other women to come on, but she's already given us like a list of people. I that we, like, I'm like, okay, like, I'm yes, making a mental yes, list yes, of people yes. to talk to her. So, so good. Um, thank you so much to Charon Law Offices for sponsoring today's show. Thank yeah. you, Shonda, for coming on. It's been thank really you. enlightening and wonderful. And, and, and Natalie. Yeah. And Missy. <laughs> All girls here today. It's yes. fantastic. Good, All women. Good All women energy. Today. All right. Thank you so much. Broadcast Podcast is proud to be a member of the Sorgatron Media family. 